Hi, this is Bill Prater, and welcome to the Business Builders Show, where we feature leaders in their respective industries from all over the planet. Our goal is to provide you with timely, provocative, and actionable resources that will inspire, promote, and accelerate your quest for business excellence. Today, we're going to talk about why you should consider working with a U.S.-based virtual assistant company, and we'll do that with Melanie Koperich. Melanie is the uh, CEO of Millrich Virtual Professionals for over the past 10 years. Millrich specializes in, in the administrative, HR, accounting, marketing, web, and scheduling support for professionals across the entire planet. She's a dedicated force in the workplace and community through her various workplace initiatives and, and volunteer work. For example, she's a Diamond member of the Prince William Chamber of Commerce, a leadership council member for the NSBA, the treasurer for her HOA, and her company was just named by the Washington Business Journal as one of the best places to work in the metro D.C. area. She's also a recent, a recent graduate of the Virginia Scaling for Growth Program, and in her free time, which is rare, she loves to game, read, and swim. Melanie, it's great to have you here. It's a pleasure to be here, Bill. So tell us, Melanie, who specifically do you and your company serve? Well, that's such a great question because the question really becomes, who don't we serve? So we serve that small business, that solopreneur, that one person who wants to seem large to their clients. We serve the small business that maybe needs some additional support. We even serve large corporations so with our work with larger corporations, we're very specific in the work that we do for them. So we're hired for whether it's a single project or a single focus, whereas for the small business or the individual solopreneur, we basically can provide the entire back office support for them. So their one man shop, so to speak, becomes a full-blown office with HR with accounting, with marketing, and anything that they might need from developing their website to creating a marketing strategy. As CEOs, we're always drilled to focus on what only we can do and to delegate the rest. And so I instill that in all the clients that we work with, as well as people who are interested in working with us, is that let us do what we love so you can do what you love. And we'll handle all the details and handle all the rest. So that's one aspect of who we serve. The other side of who we serve are, are our staff and our employees. Because when I started my business, I really wanted to create a legitimate work-from-home environment for parents of special needs kids, military vets and spouses, physically disabled individuals who the corporate workforce may not be the best place for them. They may not be as comfortable. And so by creating my company and creating the opportunities I have for those individuals, we've really grown as a company. Um, and when people interview with us, I tell them that you may work on an island, but we, my executive team and everyone else in my company build as many bridges to that person so they don't feel alone. They don't feel isolated. Even though they're working from home, they're still part of a greater team. And so we absolutely love 
our business model. And that's why we hire U.S.-based staff. So um, I, I'm very clear about the problem that your employees uh, uh, have that you solve. So looking at these other um, clients, if you will, people are pay the bills. So what problem or problems do they have that you are able to solve for them? Sure. So for instance, there's a group of clients that we work with that we create their training platform. So they have, they have staff and when the staff come on board with them, they're handed this very thick, very boring employee manual and said, here, read this. So one of the things that we do and one of the services that we offer is we take that very boring um, HR manual and we turn it into a dynamic resource for their staff where it's interactive, there's videos, there's quizzes, there's interaction between Okay, match the holidays. We kind of gamify it a little bit for them. So that's one of the things that we do. Um, another group of clients um, give a lot of presentations, for instance. And so we, they write the, the raw nitty gritty of those presentations. And then they turn to us and we, we prettify it, so to speak. Or we can even do like the cartoon explainer videos. We can take their presentation and turn it into something a little more entertaining, something that's a little bit more engaging to keep people's focus. So those are like just little things that we can do that people don't really realize, oh, you can do that? Yeah, we can. Um, and so, you know, we've helped in the HR arena. We help a lot of professionals deal with their calendars and their inbox overwhelm. One of the things we actually love doing is helping that person reach inbox zero. And so I get a lot of clients that reach out to us and they're like, I'm very embarrassed. I have over 4,000 emails in my inbox. I don't know where to start. And that's, we roll up our sleeves, we get down to business. And next thing they know, they have a system in place, things are flowing. And so they're able to better succeed in their business by knowing all the little details are being handled. So what I'd like to have you do is kind of think back maybe last week or last year or five years ago and give us a case study, Melanie, about, about some client and how they found you and how they verbalized their issue and then the process that you kind of took them through and then sort of the result. And I think that would help our listeners understand and they can maybe imagine that they're a client uh, that you're going to onboard. So tell us how you do it. Sure. So I have a twofold here. So the first little story I'm going to tell is about one of our initial clients. So when I started my business, I started with a single client who had a single project. She was so impressed. She told two friends who told two friends and we grew from there. But that first group of two friends that she told is still one of my clients today. And I started with her when she was the president of the U.S. Green Builders Council for Kentucky. And I worked with her and the organization to provide administrative support. Over the years, she's evolved from doing that to teaching sustainability at a college. I've been with her through that. 
She's gone into marketing. I stayed with her through that. We were able to evolve. So now she builds tiny homes and does real estate. We've been able to transition with her through all of her needs, through the whole 13 years that we've been together. So that's, that's just one story about how flexible we can be with someone's needs and just supporting them. Um, for clients that are coming to us and saying, how can you help me? Um, I have a client who, a prospect who had reached out to us and overwhelmed. They just don't know where to start. And first thing I do is tell them, take a deep breath. You're in the right place and breathe. And so once we start ferreting through everything that they need to help take off their plate, we start building a plan of action for them. Okay, we can help you with this. We can help you with this. We can help you with this. One of the things that also sets us apart from a lot of other firms is people get a complimentary project manager with us. No cost to them. We cover it 100%. But that person oversees their entire line of business, so to speak. And so you may have a Jill or Jack or Jill of all trades working for you, or you may have very specialized team members. And either way, that project manager is managing them so that our client doesn't have to. And so that initial call, we, we initially go through what problems can we solve for them? What issues are you having? What are you looking to accomplish? Where do you see yourself? And then where do you see yourself with the kind of support that you're looking for? What can you accomplish? And then from there, we go into an onboarding. Once they've signed an agreement with us, of course, uh, we go into onboarding and we drill down very much into, okay, this is what we need to start. This is introducing them to either their Jack or Jill um, or their team of individuals. And we take it from there. And we are with them every step of the way. We communicate as much as they want to, how they want to, or as little as they want to. So clients can reach us by any number of means. They can they can email, they can Skype, they can Slack, they can Voxer. I mean, you name it. I have clients that text, call, you know, it's just everyone has that different mode that they're most comfortable with. And the nice thing is we are flexible. We can, we kind of mold to what our clients are really looking for. So you've actually answered oh, quite a bit of the my next question. Uh, so there's lots and lots and lots of companies that compete with you. There are. And they have virtual assistants from Philippines, from India, from the U.S., from et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I know that you're different at your U.S. base, but I know uh, that you're entirely different than almost all your competition in a couple of key ways. And so verbalize for us. You got some water? You need some water? I'm good. Thank you. Okay, you're good. Uh, uh, verbalize for us how you're specifically different from your uh, competition. Sure. So one of the things when I started my business, I really saw that we were competing with people from the Philippines and India for a dollar, $2 an hour. 
And so I really wanted to create that, just that legitimate work from home environment for our clients. And so the, while I'm not one who is going to say, if you're looking to save money and cost is your only barrier to service, then by all means, explore other options because we're certainly not the cheapest. We're also not the most expensive, but I recently attended a webinar of someone who solely has Filipino staff. And I was appalled by how they kind of treat their workers. And this webinar was for people looking to hire his staff. And in his mind, he was like, buy five, buy 10, uh, just buy and work them as much as you want to work them. They're not going to be great. You're not going to find that unicorn, but for the price, you get a workforce. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> and he was promoting about how, you know, we pay them three, it was like $1.75 an hour of what he pays his staff. And so he's raking in the money while only paying out $1.75. And he was proud of the fact that he pays them enough to just keep food on their table. We want their whole family invested in the company. We want to get their brothers, their sisters, their cousins. We want all of them to work for our company. And so, yeah, he has 1,800 virtual assistants that work for him. A multi-million dollar company. But these people are living with just food on the table and they have no work-life balance. I mean, for them, they're working in an office. And so they feel better about that. I don't know. I wish I knew, but I just felt so almost dehumanized watching that. And it just really solidified for me why I stick with U.S.-based staff, and I get people who reach out to me from all over the world that want to work for our company, and I say, if you ever move to the U.S., let me know, but I am here to provide people who live in the United States a working wage, a work-life balance without having to worry about, I need to work 84 hours a week just so I can put food on my table. So, so I think, uh, thank you very much. So I think uh, I, and I, I believe our listeners understand who it is that you serve, uh, how you, what, what problems you solve. You narrowed it down to a few, uh, half a dozen different areas. You told us how you're different from your competition. Then you told us a case study of how you deliver their services. And I love that story about going to a competitor's webinar and then the way you emotionally differentiated yourself is beautiful. Thank you very much. It's funny, actually, I'm sorry for interrupting, but during that webinar, I was taking screenshots and sending that to my executive team going, I can't believe this. He literally just said this. I can't believe he said, I mean, it was akin to almost, I don't want to say human trafficking, but it was very similar to that feel. It just felt wrong to me. And that's, 
that's part of the core foundation of my business is I've never put profits over people much to the chagrin of my CPA and my CFO. I like to focus on the people over profits. Well, we're, now we're going to transition into your business. So that was a beautiful way. So what we'd like to do is have you put on your professor's hat. And now you're talking to a room of uh, business owners from all over the planet. And uh, they know what your business is. And they say, well, I've got an entirely different kind of business. But you're in a position to teach people some stuff. So what I'd like to have you do uh, is kind of go back to the last 10 years Tell us some of the key milestones. So how, what the, where the idea came from to found your business, maybe when you hired your first employee to help you out, sure. and then when you decided to uh, convert your business into you and in, in a leadership team, and kind of walk us through those major milestones. And then with your permission, I'll drill down into a couple areas I think our listeners might know, like to know more about. Sure. So... I was headhunted from a position that I held in the state of Michigan to a major hospital in Wyoming. And it was a position I loved. I poured my heart, my blood, my sweat, my tears into this position. However, due to a myriad of circumstances, they had a very strict last in first out policy um, when it came to layoffs, so people were being laid off, um, I created councils for administrative staff to learn from the executive levels. Um, I volunteered in a wide variety of activities, basically anything and everything you can do within an employment, I did. Um, I took care of travel and education, so I grew that knowledge. I taught the computer classes for the staff at the hospital. Um, so I grew that knowledge. I helped the staff. So I grew that knowledge. Well, then I got fired. <laughs> Pure and simple. I got fired. Um, I had some medical issues at the time. I missed work. Even though I had just won a service award, I missed one too many days and got fired. And so while I was wondering what I was going to do next, I said, you know what? I am not going to pour that much heart and soul into something and have it all for naught. And so I started looking for a client and it took about six months. So it was not immediate. I was doing um, minor office jobs during this time just to kind of help keep myself busy. But I found a client and as I mentioned, she told two friends who told two friends who told two friends. So by this point I have or eight, eight clients, and I'm working 80 hours a week. And I'm like, whoo, okay. And then one of my clients introduced me to a larger client who said, okay, I think I need like about 16 people. Can you do that? And I said, whoo, let me post on Facebook to my friends 10 years ago. Hey, anyone looking for a job to work from home? I got this for you. It's just simple data entry, but it pays. And so I hired a whole bunch of people and we were still just all contractors, nothing formal. It was just friends kind of working together. Um, and I finally said, you know what, I should probably actually form a business <laughs> and do this the right way. And so 
I had a partner at the time, um, it was my ex-husband, but we became Millrich Associates, LLP. So we were a partnership. And together we started building the virtual assistant side of things. Well, the marriage didn't last and we parted ways. And so I bought his side of the business out and became Millrich Virtual Professionals, LLC. So around that time was about when my first major milestone came is one of my clients introduced me to Rob Shore, who is a financial wholesaler coach. And Rob and I had talked for a little bit and I started offering virtual assistant services to financial wholesalers because up to this point, I had been working with financial advisors. And so we kept getting requests for scheduling. I was like, scheduling? Do we want to do scheduling? I mean, people are asking for it. Maybe we should look into it. So he and I created from the ground floor at a scheduling company. So that's a division of my company, but a scheduling side that provides scheduling services for any financial wholesalers around the globe. And we took that to really take all their pain points that they were experiencing from other scheduling firms. And we really worked very hard to address those. And so we're proud. We're eight years in on this venture and our major milestone through blood, sweat, and tears is we crossed a million dollars. And this is a software product. No, this is just us doing scheduling. This is us picking up the phone, sending emails, making appointments. Okay. Okay. So, um, so that was a major milestone is when, you know, we hit the five-year anniversary of that business, eight-year anniversary of that business. And we have a large, large, lot of large firms that actually work with us today. So we're very proud of our relationships with those clients. And you're still in the financial wholesaling sector? We are. Okay. Yes. So you can find us under Wholesaler Mastermind Schedulers, um, which is still just a division of Millridge Virtual Professionals. And so that was a major milestone. Another major milestone for my company was when I acquired my first competitor. So we found um, a scheduling firm and virtual assistant company that was looking to get out of the business. And so we were able to acquire them, acquire their book of business, and we took on their entire staff. We did not let anyone go. Um, Anyone that wanted to come work for my company came. So that was kind of exciting for us. Not sure I would have done it (laughs) again, looking back, because it sounded good at the time. It's like, yes, you know, we can buy a competitor. We've we've done it. And I'm not necessarily sure the ROI has panned out there yet, but we still have some of their staff that have stayed with us. It's going on four years now. They just celebrated their fourth anniversary with our company. Um, So that was something I probably would recommend if you're looking to buy a competitor, do a lot more due diligence than I did. Like I thought I crunched the numbers. I thought I thought ahead. I thought I thought of everything. Talk to someone who may not be in your industry that can probably think of things that you're not thinking of. So that would be one definite piece of advice. Um, And then another milestone was when I graduated from the Virginia Scaling for Growth. That was a very intense streetwise MBA program through Interise that the Commonwealth of Virginia and the SBSD 
um, they only take a very small number of individuals or businesses um, every cohort. So I was in cohort nine and there was 16 of us. And I think there was 10 of us by the time we finished. Um, so it's very intense, but you build this relationship with fellow CEOs. You're all going through it. You're struggling together, but you're learning how to scale your business. So you, you may have hit that plateau. You may have, uh, you know, hit, hit a certain level that you may feel stagnant in your business. I highly recommend looking in your community, looking in your state, looking for the federal government at the resources that are available to you. Because every state is different. I've done business in five different states now. I will say Virginia has to be one of the more business-friendly states that I've been in. Um, Idaho, beautiful place. It was not as business-friendly just because of the lack of people. But I highly encourage you to look at those resources that are available. And this was at no cost to us. We just had to put in the due diligence and put in the work. So that's my next piece of advice. Look for those resources, whether local or on a larger scale for you. And then my last largest milestone was we won Best Places to Work. Um, that has been a goal of mine for 10 years. And so recently, within the past year or so, we created the position for the chief culture and engagement officer. And so this person, her job is responsible for making sure our staff are happy, our staff have what they need, our staff is connected. They don't feel like they're stuck working alone. They don't feel like they're on that island working by themselves. And so... So this chief culture and engagement officer, mm -hmm. uh, I've heard of a chief people officer. I think it may be a similar. So this is not necessarily anybody in HR per se. No, she is specifically not in HR. Okay. Because we want someone that the team can feel comfortable talking to without feeling like it's going to go on a record or okay. without yeah, feeling right. like they're they're making an official complaint or they have a specific issue. It's more, she's there if someone has just a general question or we do monthly happy half hours, for instance, where we invite the whole team to participate. We do a theme contest throughout the month. So um, this month, June is all about the jams. And so we've asked everyone to submit a couple songs that really get them pumped up throughout the day. And we're creating the MVP jams. Um, and so the winner will we'll draw a winner during our happy half hour of everyone who submitted something, they get a prize um, and everyone gets a copy of the playlist. So we do little activities that just kind of help connect everyone. May was movement May. So everyone had a movement tracker to get them up and moving during their day. So we always have little things that we do, and annually we do a pay it forward contest where I have the staff submit what they would do if they received 50 or or $100 to pay it forward, and the team as a whole vote on the entries, and we select five or so people with one big winner to go out and pay it forward, and so we give them the funds to go ahead and do that. 
Wow, that's that's super super nice to hear. So I imagine that's been ex- wonderful technique to get your virtual your virtual company feeling like they're part of a whole. That's really gorgeous. I love that. And we actually this year we we implemented the initiative for the MVP gives back. And so we created or we selected five charities that we felt um, very close to that we felt did great work. So for instance, we have the Trevor Project is one of them, the Wounded Warriors, um, Parkinson's, um, just a variety of, um, I know there's an animal one and I I apologize because I can't remember the animal one off the top of my head, but we selected in five different areas that we felt really reflected our company and that we wanted to support. And so we've offered, people can either do four hours of volunteer work or they can volunteer or they can donate a very small portion of their pay in exchange for an eight hour day off, an eight hour paid day off. So we're asking you to give four hours of your time to someone and in return, we'll give you eight hours of paid time off. Wow, that's fantastic. I love this stuff. So um, what's the biggest uh, mistake you think you've made over the last 10 years and what'd you learn from that big mistake, Melanie? So the, the biggest mistake that I've learned um, in, in, in the course of doing business is not hiring an attorney to look over agreements or to not hiring an attorney to write those agreements. Um, I entered into an agreement with someone that looked great at the time, thought we thought through all the contingencies and thought we had every angle covered. We did not. (laughs) So I fully regret not, not hiring an attorney at that time by thinking that I think I know what I'm doing. I think I understand this stuff pretty well. My, my biggest regret is not hiring that initial attorney. Well, okay. I'm sorry you had to go through that learning, but uh, it's tuition, right, Melanie? Yeah. It's, it's tuition. It's hard knocks. <laughs> yeah, that's the way it works. So what's holding you back right now? So um, twofold. So one of the things that's holding us back is on finding staff is we used to be that unique remote people could work from home like we were we were that unicorn so to speak unfortunately with covid it had the opposite effect for us um in the hiring aspect is with the majority of companies going remote at that point people weren't necessarily looking for some of the opportunities that we had because we are a smaller company we're not a large corporation so we can't pay someone one hundred and twenty thousand dollars So, but we're more aligned with paying, being able to pay someone 30 to $50,000. But they also have a good work-life balance. They may only be working 20 hours a week. They're not in a corporate setting where we're expecting them to work 80 hours a week. So, you know, we still have that flexibility. It's just, we don't necessarily have that, that stands us out anymore. So we have to find other ways to stand out as my partner, Rob, or uh, 
the, my partner in the business, Rob, likes to say, stand out from that sea of sameness, so to speak. Um, so that's that's one of the things that I was really excited to get that best places to work designation because I think I do feel that that is one thing that sets us apart, and we strive to meet that that award daily. On the other side of things, it's working with clients and trying to get them to understand what we can do and how we can help them. I actually hear from a lot of clients, I'm too busy to hire someone. Mm -hmm. And it's, you got to take that step back and take that pause because a little bit of pain now is going to make your life a whole lot easier in the future. And so that's one of the things we come up against is that client who just feels like they just can't stop to delegate. And again, as I mentioned, one of the things that's drilled into us from the uh, scaling for growth is ask CEOs, only do what only you can do. So I pass that on to my clients. And another thing is we saw was a lot of budget cuts. People just didn't have a lot of the funding from their companies to hire scheduling or hire an assistant. And so they were, a lot of companies thought their staff like, hey, you're working from home. You have all this free time now. You should be able to do this on your own. And again, that takes away the focus of what they're supposed to be doing. And now they're trying to do administrative tasks that otherwise they would have handed off to an assistant. And I think things are starting to kind of adjust back a little bit on both avenues. Businesses are going back to the office. Employers are starting to loosen those purse strings a little bit. And so I can only hope that we start seeing that on the, the backside. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Thanks for being so, uh, so, clear about your issues right now. Uh, so uh, we've got several groups, it seems to me, of listeners, Melanie, uh, potential employees for your firm, uh, fellow business owners, uh, potential customers. So how would they go about getting a hold of you? Sure. That is a great question. So we actually created an offer just for your listeners. And if they go to our website, www.millrichvirtualprofessionals.com, dot com forward slash scaleology. I'm going to spell that all out for you. I'm okay. going to take a sip of tea first because I want to be very clear. <laughs> so that is www.milrichvirtual professionals, P-R-O-F-E-S-S-I-O-N-A-L-S dot com forward slash S-C-A-L and that's what I get for not reading my writing, but Scaleology, which is S-C-A-L-E-O-L-O-G-Y. I believe I got that right. You um, did. Thank you. They can find us there. They can find that specific offer um, to them. They get five hours free uh, spread out over two months. If they want to try working with a virtual assistant, uh, we can certainly help them. You can also reach out to us on any number of social media platforms. You can find us on Facebook, Pinterest, LinkedIn, Instagram. Um, I think we're on TikTok, maybe. I don't know. 
So you're, <laughs> uh, when you mentioned the social platform, so that's both you on some of those mm-hmm. and then your, for your company on all the ones you listed. Sure. They can, they can find me on LinkedIn. Okay. They can find my company on LinkedIn. Um, you can find my company as a company page on Facebook or a company page on Instagram. Uh, we have some great stuff on Pinterest for people who want to work from home. Um, great resources for them there. Oh, beautiful. So, Melanie, what's the one question that uh, I should have asked you that would give great value to our audience? And then what's the question and what's the answer? <laughs> we kind of touched on it a little bit, and it was the why you should hire a U.S.-based staff. So the the U.S.-based staff person is familiar with the laws, of the US. They're familiar with the regulations. They're familiar with business practices. They're familiar with the currency. They're familiar with the terminology. So, you know, they're going to get words spelled correctly, um, at least spelled for the English language. I don't want to say correctly because everyone's language is correct. Um, and so, if you want that person who just understands, is in your time zone, and just kind of understands the culture of the U.S. and understands business practices and applies that excellence of service, that's why you should hire a U.S.-based virtual assistant. And I don't mean to take away from any foreign virtual assistant that is a unicorn in their field. There are gems all over the world. But for me and my company, I found our jewelry box in the U.S. All of our, our jewelry gems box, here. I love that. that's gorgeous oh thank you very very much for sharing your time with us today i enjoyed it very much and i know our listeners did too as well thank you so much so everybody now look in closing let's focus on this single fact and that is that our businesses do not become extraordinary in a single moment instead they get there as a result of the owner first learning and then applying a proven combination of having the right mindset of a dedication to a system of management. And number three, Melanie hit this hard, leveraging a high-performance team, both within your company and outside resources like Melanie and her organization that's available to you right now. So thanks for listening, Melanie. Once again, thanks for sharing your time with us. Thanks so much, Bill.